Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Today for Spirit in Action, I have the privilege of welcoming three members of Madison, Wisconsin's chapter of the Raging Grannies, a group that is national or even international, standing and singing for peace, justice, and care for the planet. In 2010, they received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Wisconsin Network for Peace and Justice, and just this year, they were given the Forward Award for Grassroots Activism by United Wisconsin. In a moment, we'll be speaking with Rebecca Alwyn, Bonnie Block, and Barbara Park about the Raging Grannies and their experience and role with these senior singing sisters. But first, I want to shout out to our Madison listeners of WIDE and to remind all of you tuning in, wherever you're hearing this program, that I welcome your input and suggestions of guests and topics for our programs, especially in the cities and areas where Spirit in Action is broadcast. You'll find an email address at our website, so take the time to connect us up to the activists, world healers, and musicians from your area so we could include them on future shows. Right now, before we get to the phones to talk to Rebecca, Bonnie, and Barb, we'll start out with one of the Raging Granny's songs, a very much non-studio recording, but also a very energetic and heart-stirring performance of the song that they call Raging Grannies Are Conspiring. Crazy grannies are conspiring to make folks laugh a lot. Whatever is so very frightening, it must be a terrorist plot. Thank you. 
Rebecca, Bonnie, and Barb, thank you so much for joining me for Spirit in Action. We're glad to be here. Yes. Hi, Mark. Okay, now, we've heard three voices, but we don't necessarily know who they are. The first one was Bonnie Block. Bonnie, you want to introduce yourselves to the audience here? Yes, I've been a raging granny since, I think, 2007. My major issue is militarism and anti-war and pro-nonviolence and peace. That was really why I joined the grannies, because the first time I heard them was, I think, in about 2003, when they sang up Stevens Point for an anti-war rally, and I thought, this is a group I want to be part of. But Bonnie, does this make sense? You're advocate of nonviolence and you're part of a raging group of grannies. I mean, isn't there a little bit of discomfort there? Wouldn't you rather be part of the graceful grannies? Well, no, I think not, because I think what we need to do is to make injustice visible and we need to speak truth to power. And sometimes to get people's attention, you need to be a little bit outrageous. And the grannies don't pick on individuals, except maybe a couple of elected ones. But basically what we do, I see this as a form of nonviolent protest against the violence of war and the death and destruction it causes. Barb, are you a person who's used to being outrageous, or is this fit naturally for you? No, <laughs> but I think that you have to... One of the fun things about the grannies is that you can be outrageous you know, and you're being outrageous with a bunch of other people, so there's strength in numbers. And it's so fun, you know, because we wear flowered hats and aprons and shawls and buttons, and you lose, in some ways, you lose your personal identity a little bit, gets subservient to the whole group. So you walk down the street and somebody says to you, hi, Granny, even though they've never met you because you have that part of that identity as a raging cranny. It sounds like it's a good community of people who, while maybe you're not identical copies of one another, you're certainly not. Far from it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though you, you're not templates of one another, that this is a strong community. Does that resonate for you, Rebecca? Absolutely. I feel so blessed to be part of the sisterhood of raging grannies. I have not met very many grannies. In fact, really only two grannies from any other area, but I have an awareness of the fact that there are raging grannies in quite a few places in Canada, and as a matter of fact, in quite a number of other countries around the world. So there is this wonderful sense of being part of something so much bigger. And to speak to your question about is there an oddity between being advocates for peace and being part of a group that is called the Raging Grannies. We often say that we rage for peace, and we found, as the original grannies in Canada found, that you need to be outrageous to call attention to situations and issues of injustice and abuse of our world. So how are the grannies outrageous? How will we recognize how odd you are? Well, well partly by <laughs> the way we dress, and partly by the songs we sing, we find we can say things in our music that we could never say to somebody just speaking to them. That people accept, don't you think, Bonnie and Rebecca, that people accept outrageous things or hard messages through our songs that they wouldn't accept in some other way or maybe not from some other person. Right. 
we are able to bring up issues that, you know, again, anti-militarism is not something that's usually cocktail party talk. But there's just enough humor, even in our most serious songs, the humor is that this is coming from a bunch of older women who are all wearing hats and with many outrageous political buttons and, you know, pretty unfashionable, to tell you the truth, with flowers (laughs) sticking out in places and, and, you know, how many people go out in public in groups with everybody wearing an apron. So there is that element of costumeness and outrageousness and being part of the granny persona. And I think the other thing is that what we do is kind of upend people's expectations. You know, for older women. Yeah, old women are supposed to be, you know, not be opinionated or not be up to date on what the current issues are. And the other thing is we take familiar songs, but they have new words. And it's like people, it's always fun at the farmer's market to watch people when they realize what it is we're saying. Because we draw them in with the familiar tune, but it's a whole different thing with the words that we sing to it. And I think also just the whole power issues. We really try, I think, to speak truth to power because we've gone to all of our elected officials, you know, to their offices, for example, and sang our health care song when, when they were debating health care in Congress. And we show up at the farmer's market without an invitation. We show up at the fair trade festival without an invitation, and we sing. And we also show up at the Capitol with the solidarity sing-along and we sang at a rally recently against the new bill that was going to remove local control from making mining decisions. So we're sort of aware of what's going on and we're speaking to it, but we do it in a way that, as Rebecca said, is humorous and makes it more acceptable. Yeah, it's non-confrontational, which just makes a big difference. People are more comfortable. When they're more comfortable, they're more open to listen. So do you do your witness in any way but singing? I mean, I've I've seen about raging granny groups in different areas of the country, and sometimes it's a protest and lock yourself to something or in a wheelchair or whatever. Is it always singing for the Madison group of raging grannies? Well, we have certainly sung at least within a couple of hours of Madison, so it's not always right in Madison. For instance, we have a gig coming up where we'll be traveling to Delavan, We traveled to an art show on the east side of Milwaukee. The name of the art show was The Exquisite Uterus, and it was very much in support of women having control of their own bodies and all of the things that come with reproductive rights. So we do travel, but, you know, we have not, in my memory, often traveled more than a couple of hours away from Madison. But my question is, is it always by singing that you witness as opposed to protesters, demonstrators, whatever? Yes, I think we are. As grannies, we sing. Now, five of us have been arrested in the Capitol because we were there singing in support with the Solidarity sing-along. But that's very atypical. Normally, as a granny, our message is in song and we don't get involved in civil disobedience or nonviolent civil resistance. I personally do that up at Folk Field, but not as granny. I do it as, a, as an individual to speak out against drone warfare. I would say there are times when just by our presence in our granny glam, as we sometimes call it, that we don't always feel like we have to be singing. We, in places like Madison where we're well-known, just our presence and some rallies, and and again, in the rotunda, when the sing-along is there, 
the fact that we're so very visible, I think, sometimes helps. But in my memory and in my participation, we have not done things like handcuff ourselves to something or, or block the way of some construction activity. We have not engaged in that kind of thing, although there are grannies who I think might be supportive of us doing more than singing that's perhaps a little out of the comfort zone of some of the grannies. Evidently, you sing well enough that you would not normally get arrested just because you were singing. (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter in the rotunda whether you're on key or off key. It matters what issues and what politicians you're supporting or not supporting. Yeah, now, originally, when I first joined the Grannies back in the early 2000s, they really weren't very musical. There was a lot of enthusiasm and joy in singing, but the product was not particularly melodious. And one of my friends who was a granny asked me to come because she said they need a director. And I said, I can't join a group and direct right away. Well, I lasted about 20 minutes, and then I started directing But since then, over the years, the quality of the actual musical performance has vastly improved. So now I can truly say we are, we sing well, as well as bring a wonderful message. Well, let's talk about what the purpose of what the Raging Grannies is doing. If you were to be 100% successful at what you were doing, what would be the outcome? No war. Okay, that's not a bad start. Can we expect that tomorrow? No. I think I think what we would have is we would have a much more just and sustainable economy because what we're doing now isn't sustainable with so many people um, unemployed and the top 1% having, I don't know what it is, 40 or 50% of the wealth of the country. We would not be what I consider to be the world's bullies. I mean, the, what we are doing in terms of our invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq and now the drone warfare in Pakistan and Somalia and Yemen and who knows where else. We've doubled our military budget since 2001, and as a result, we need to do some nation-building here at home. I, you know, I am very distressed about the homeless people on our streets and about the people who've been foreclosed and the people who don't have jobs and don't have decent health care. So it would be a matter of justice and peace and a sustainable environment, I think, would be the And also we'd be working more on sustaining our environment, which is a huge problem, you know, global warming, which some people don't even recognize exists. So that's another area that, that I feel very strongly about is the environment. So I would agree with Bonnie in terms of wanting justice and the way I would state that is in my ideal world government budgets both municipal county state federal would be much more about human needs and much less about subsidies to corporations you know currently they're very business oriented and all the kinds of things to make businesses profitable and we are and I think legitimately that's the thing about being grandmothers is that we're talking about, let's take a longer-term view, not a shorter-term view. Let's think about making a world healthier. And Barb just talked about being environmentally conscious and things being sustainable. We really passionately want a healthier world and a world that's going to be healthy for our grandchildren and for their grandchildren. 
and one of those priorities is care for the earth. And one of the songs that the Raging Grannies do relating to that concern is called Mining in the Northwoods. Here's their performance of it at the 2013 Fighting Bob Fest, Mining in the Northwoods. Rebecca, all of those objectives sound perfect. I mean, that's why I do this Spirit in Action program. I want to encourage and support all those things. Were you involved in all those things before you were a Raging Granny? Does the Raging Granny actually convert people to the other side? Obviously, singing is very frequently a way that gets in under the radar. Do you know of people who've, I guess, been converted, had their eyes opened, whatever? In our audiences? Wow, I I would not be able to name an absolutely specific example, but when we are singing at the farmer's market and there are, you know, a few hundred people walking past us, it's always very gratifying the people who slow down and listen to several of our songs. And sometimes we can see a change in facial expression. So I, I guess that's as close as I can come to an example of someone who... If not converted, we've at least given them some food for thought. One of the groups that I've been most intrigued about who will stop and talk to us and really tell us that they're so glad we're there is young women. We had an experience, we sing every other week during the farmer's market, and the last time we sang, we often also, we have our corner and everybody knows that's where we are, but we sometimes go down to another corner of the square where the Veterans for Peace have their table and, and give out literature and they, they have a model drone and we often sing there just in support of them but there was a group of about 20 young women who were on a road trip from Washington University in St. Louis and given what we wear we're fairly visible and when they finished singing they came over 
And it turns out, we talked about each other, but they sang several songs with us, and then they gave us one of their CDs that they'd done. And, and it was a mutual admiration society. You know, we made them honorary raging granddaughters. So I think, I think people are hungry for there to be thought leaders, people who will say out loud what many other people are thinking, but are sometimes afraid to say because they're worried about the reaction. So I, I think one of the things that we do is we enable others to speak their truth. We were introduced once, and I'm hoping I'm remembering this accurately, but we were introduced as the conscience of the community, and I thought that was quite a high accolade. We are speaking to some of the Raging Grannies of Madison. The website is raginggrannies.madisonwi.us. Just follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio. You are listening to a Northern Spirit Radio production called Spirit in Action. And we're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that website, you can listen to more than eight years of our programs, both Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul. You can find links to our guests, like the Raging Grannies. You can post comments. You can listen and download any of the programs for free. Also, there's a place to donate. We need your support, but I especially want to remind you to support your local community radio station. They're providing you an invaluable slice of news and music that you just get nowhere on commercial or public radio television. It's a really an invaluable resource, so do support your local community radio station. Again, my name is Mark Helpsmeet. We're here today with Rebecca Alwyn, Bonnie Block, and Barb Hart. They are part of the Raging Grannies group down there in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, three hours away. We don't have a Raging Grannies group here, unfortunately. How often do you, the Raging Grannies, go into, let's say, waters that are tepid? I mean, if you're at the Fighting Bob Fest, you're preaching to the choir, and you're giving them good songs to sing, and and that's very important work to do. How often do you go out to a tea party gathering (laughs) and sing your songs? Because I think you'd find some people who are interested, and because of the fact that you're singing instead of screaming at someone, I think people might stop and listen and might buy into your message. Do you go to the places where the water is a little bit different temperature? Well, that's the advantage of the farmer's market, is that we do reach a broad variety, wouldn't you say? Yes. I think so, and we've actually on occasion also sung testimony at the Capitol at hearings. I think it would be fun to do that because I think we really need to, we need to start talking to each other. People have said, you know, there is my truth, your truth, and the truth, and often what ends up happening is we say our truth and don't listen well enough to somebody else's so that we might be able to, actually if we sat down and talked, could find common ground. I have noticed that we, when we've sung places where there's been an audience, you know, an outdoor event where you can sort of stand and talk to people, and there's usually people from other points of view, shall we say, there. They're very receptive to talking, you know, if you strike up a conversation after the event. So, I mean, they know who you are. I mean, we're, we're very clearly identified with how we're dressed. But you can be listened to and you can listen in those kind of situations, even though it's not a formal presentation at that point. And we've certainly had conversations, and there are a number of the grannies who feel strongly that they would like to sing in, Mark, what you have called more tepid waters or places that are even further afield from our point of view than just describing them as tepid. It's harder to find opportunities to do that 
but I, I do sense that there is a big group of people that would like to find opportunities to discuss issues with people who don't necessarily agree, and the grannies would certainly like to be part of that. And I might want to ask your listeners if they have an event that they would like to have us sing for. Contact us through the website, and we'll consider it. And again, that website is ragingrannies.madisonwi.us, or just, you know, you can Google Raging Grannies Madison. You'll find them. So we would be thrilled to try to help start a Raging Granny group in the Eau Claire area. You know, actually, I may have an idea for you. We just had the Northern Spirit Radio Benefit just this past month, and I was thinking next year we really have to focus a different issue. This year it was about environmental sustainability, organics, that kind of thing. Next year, maybe it has to be about peace, or maybe the Raging Grannies would be the perfect group to step up on stage. What do you think? I'm sure we could find Eau Claire. And that might be a good way to plant the seeds for a local Raging Granny group. That would yeah. be an exciting a, outcome. It really would be. There is a group in Milwaukee, although they're not as active as the Madison group is. And for a while, there was also a group up in, they called themselves the North Woods Grannies. They were in the Monaco Eagle River area. I want to mention that there's a whole lot of Raging Grannies websites out there. You'll find raginggrannies.net and .com and .org, and I think different area groups have commandeered those ones for their use. But you want to find them in Madison, just raginggrannies.madisonwi.us. I wanted to make an observation about why Raging Grannies is a particularly good way of doing this. I did a substitution in my mind. I said, what if it said Raging Grandpa's? I think people would feel threatened because, you know, girls don't hit and boys do. I mean, it's the stereotype and uh, there's too much truth in it, of course. And, you know, women, even if you're being loud, there's probably 90% of the male population which still says you don't hit a girl. If it was a guy being a loudmouth, you know, pepper spray in the face is just easy to do. You know, with a woman, it feels harder. So I think that the fact that you're grannies and maybe that you are really grandmothers too, well, you, you can't take a grandmother away from their grandchild. Grandpas, we, we, they're disposable. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that's part of what lets us get away with what we can get away with. You know, people are much more receptive because it has a sense of being less threatening. But you say all the things to be threatening. You you have all of the things that you want to change in this society that the men would be right there side by side with you. Do you let men dress up as long as they cross-dress? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we have a couple of men that we call our granny groupies. They're very supportive. And, you know, I was thinking as you were speaking, I agree with your analysis, but one of the other things I would like to see in the world is that that description of men as being more violent gets changed. And I do see it happening. You know, I think men are much more active in parenting than when I had my kids who now are in their 40s. And I think that is a really good sign. And I think that we all need to be complete people in the sense that we are strong and outspoken, but also nonviolent. I, I agree with Bonnie. I think that it's possible that by the time our male grandchildren, our grandfathers, they may be as associated with nurturing. But there's a long history of women, and especially older women, being very community-oriented. 
And I think that's part of the unconscious underlying aspect of the thoughts that people bring to it when they see this group of older women. They get that sense that it's about community. It's not just about individual issues. It's not just about individual achievement. It is about concern for the community. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of uniquely female in what we bring to the issues that we sing about. I think there's an age thing, too. It's not just that we're women. It's that we're older women. You know, and the, the old stereotype of granny just is at home with their knitting needles and not out in the public protesting. So I think the whole age thing and age stereotype aid in our getting away with what we get away with. You did mention, however, I'm not sure who it was, Barb, uh, Rebecca, one of you mentioned that five of the grannies have been arrested, not as part of a grannies event particularly, but have been arrested in Madison at the Capitol. Yeah, when wrote on the Capitol Police. Could you let the people of the world, and you know, this program goes out to some 20 stations across the U.S., Maybe they don't know that people are getting arrested in Madison, Wisconsin for singing, even if they're not singing badly. <laughs> I'm one of those women or one of those people who has been arrested. What's happened starting in 2011 with what we call the uprising against the wiping out of collective bargaining and a lot of the other very, what I think is right-wing legislation, that you know there was the occupation at the Capitol, but then the Solidarity Sing-Along has continued and has been singing for two years. I think it was March 2011. We have been singing in the Capitol at noon. And back in July, the Capitol Police with the new chief, Irwin, decided that they didn't like the songs we were singing. And, you know, the Capitol is closed over the noon hour. If there is a permitted activity, we go outside. But yet they thought that we ought not to be there. And so they started doing arrests. And over 300 people have been arrested, handcuffed, taken down to the cafeteria in the Capitol and issued citations, basically like a traffic ticket, but a $200 fine for, quote, unlawful assembly. And it's the position of the sing-along that this is a public building and that our constitutional rights allow us to petition our government for redress of grievances. And we have grievances in terms of what's happening. And so all of these are just being played out now in the court, and none of them have yet gone to trial, so we're not sure what's going to happen. But it was a matter, again, of, I think, needing to stand up to an abuse of power. And I think that's what all of us need to be doing. And I think, again, grannies are probably in a better position to do it because we don't have jobs, we don't have kids to raise. We can be much more free and, and flexible in terms of what we do, and somebody needs to do that. Rebecca and Barb, have you been part of those arrested, or is it just that you didn't happen to be singing at that time? How did, how did some people get arrested and others not? Well, it's been quite random who the Capitol Police focus on, but in my particular case, I've been present and I've been singing in the rotunda on and off. I get there about once a week. Uh, the sing-alongs happen Monday through Friday, every single workday. I don't get there that often, as I said, just mostly once a week, but I've been doing it for nearly the full two and a half years. But when the first granny who was arrested wearing her granny hat and her apron and her shawl and, you know, clearly there in her granny persona, when Marie was arrested dressed that way, I had a terrible, terrible day after that because it was decision time. 
I really had to decide if I was going to make myself vulnerable to arrest or to avoid it. And in my particular case, one of the things I was wrestling with was it would have caused a great deal of tension with my husband and me and also with my oldest son. So I did make the decision to be as supportive as I could possibly figure out how to be of all of the people who were experiencing getting arrested, but I avoided it. And I sang just outside of the Capitol building to, you know, we, we kind of had a phrase, arrest us and we multiply. And I was very gratified by the support that I got for that decision from all of the grannies and from pretty much all of the other solidarity singers that there was wide agreement that people need to approach this in ways that, that fit into their lives and that some people were more than willing to make themselves vulnerable to arrest and some people for reasons of employment or family circumstances or whatever needed to avoid arrest. But we've really been very supportive of the whole effort. And Barb, what's your perspective on it? I was out of commission for a great deal of the time that this was going on, which my daughter in Alaska said, oh, thank heavens, because she said, I didn't want to have to send bail money down from Alaska for you, Mother. (laughs) (laughs) So I have been down some, but not nearly as much as the other two have. Another thing is that they were sort of unpredictable in that some days they would arrest people and some days they wouldn't. You know, it was not... I'm going to go down and be arrested because it wasn't clearly, it was just odd. I don't know, Bonnie and Rebecca can speak more to that, but it was not an everyday thing. It seemed sort of very random. There was a period of time when they were making arrests every day, but they would arrest somewhere between 20 and 30 people out of a gathering of 150 or 200. So it was very unpredictable who they zeroed in on to arrest. And it seemed like at one point that the grannies were almost, people were feeling very vulnerable because they were there in granny glam, as Rebecca calls it. Glam is short for glamour. Obviously glamorous. You know, because then you stuck out. (laughs) So at one point we said, okay, you know, wear the granny stuff if there's going to be more than two people. But there was a lot of communication of who's going down, you know, so that there would be mutual support. And this is singing as part of the Solidarity Singers. Again, the Solidarity Singers are there all the time. And about how big a group is that? Typically, what's the ranges? You know, is it five or is it a hundred? At its low point, this was before there was headlines and publicity about people getting arrested. There were probably days when there might have been fewer than 10 people. There have also been many days when there were more than 200 people. It's very unpredictable. I would say since this summer, there has been a stronger sense of we really need to hang in there. We're, you know, only a year away from Election Day, I think, you know, looking forward to the next statewide election. And so there is a stronger sense of needing to be a presence in the Capitol. I'd say on a typical day, there's probably a good 25 or 30 people in the rotunda singing. And sometimes I go dressed as a granny and sometimes I'm not dressed as a granny. But it is the most amazing experience singing in the Wisconsin Capitol rotunda. The acoustics are fabulous. It is always fun to sing with that kind of a group. Almost as much fun as the grannies. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things I think about singing, I don't remember the name of the song, but there's a line in it, when you sing, you make a people. 
And I think that that you know that played out in the civil rights movement. I always remember Dorothy Cotton, who was a, was a contemporary of Martin Luther King, and they did these week-long citizenship schools for blacks in the South. And she said you'd come in, you know, in the first few days it would be songs of lament, and then it would change to songs of hope, and then when they left it was marching songs. You know, it, there's no surprise about the fact that the military, for example, spends a huge amount of money on military bands because that is a way you unite people for a cause and it is a way of energizing and motivating people. And that's why those in power are really always leery. And I think that's why they don't like the solidarity sing-along and why some people don't like the grannies. Although, you know, mostly in medicine, because we're often invited to things, we are liked. But I, I think that issue of singing is a really critical one, and music has great power. Who doesn't like their grandma? That's just an obscene thought, to not like <laughs> your grandma. <laughs> well, and, you know, singing, even neurologically, is very organizing. If you have a bunch of rowdy four-year-olds and you get them singing, you will suddenly not have rowdy four-year-olds. You'll have kids marching around. There's something very, very deep and organic about singing. Let's talk about some of your signature pieces. I think you said that there's 116 songs, and people can find them on the website, raginggrannies.madisonwi.us, or just follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio. What are your signature pieces? We can see all the lyrics up on the website. Well, I think we have songs that sort of introduce ourselves. Raging Grannies Are Conspiring is one of them that we often do. We have another one I kind of like is Rage to End All Wars to the tune of Battle Hymn of the Republic. And another one on the environmental issue is it's called We Are Radical Environmentalists. And basically, you know, we want clean water and air and forests that still have some trees. I think those are probably some of my favorites. Oh, one other one is it's song number 100. It's We're Not Giving Up. It was a song one of the grannies wrote after the recall. And basically the theme is the struggle has just begun. And what are your favorites? That was Rebecca, Bonnie, Barb. What are your favorites? Well, it's always fun when we are singing something that makes people laugh because that brings them in to the experience a little bit more. But we try to balance the you know, serious issues and songs that bring fun to the serious issues. We are willing to make fun of ourselves. We talk about we're the graging grannies and pillars of society when at the moment we're acting a little bit silly. We talk about metal in our hips and metal in our knees and our sagging boobs and things like that. And I, I have to say, because I've tried, I've really worked at singing songs with humor, it's a special talent. <laughs> I enjoy always the things that are sing-alongs. We have some that, because we use familiar tunes, and we have some that are pretty simple, repetitive choruses. And you can get the group that's listening to sing along with you. And that's, people really enjoy that. They really enjoy that chance of participating. For example? For example, we are not, we're not giving up. We are not ever giving up. We know we're in this struggle for the long haul. We have just begun. That's from our song, which happily got numbered 100, just because that was a consecutive number, but it's a memorable number. And we do enjoy, with a large crowd, and it's a great rally song to sing the We Are Not Giving Up, and we sing shoulder to shoulder. We're not giving up. Although we're growing older, we're not giving up. And people really resonate to that. And it's one of the, we sometimes talk about singing to the choir, but there is 
a benefit in that bringing people together and that giving people that sense of the power that comes from song, even if they themselves are reluctant to sing. There's power in singing with a group. I was going to say, when I'm directing, my back is to the audience. So then when we do these sing-along verses, then I'm turning around, and it's so much fun for me to see everybody smiling and singing and, you know, really getting into it. That's great fun, personally. Yeah, one of the fun gigs that we had recently was singing at the National Conference for the Veterans for Peace that was here in Madison. And one of the songs we sang was War is Not the Answer, Never Was, Never Will. And it was just, it was great because they all sang with us on the choruses and it was a really powerful time. Well, Rebecca, Bonnie, and Barb, I want to make sure that people know the special roles you have. My understanding is that the Raging Grannies of Madison and elsewhere they don't get herded together too well. It's like herding cats, right? But you do have some individual roles that you sometimes step into. So, Rebecca, my understanding is that you're co-librarian of the song Wealth that has been created, 116 songs. You talk about that role. Is is, is the stipend really high that you can afford to do this? <laughs> no, the stipend is just the joy of being part of the group that when we are at rehearsals and we are discussing well, okay, now what is the current version of that song? You know, some grannies will remember the version that we sang maybe eight months ago, and and a granny will have missed getting an email when a change was made. So one of the main duties of the librarian is to be the keeper of the official current version. And I have a three-ring notebook that has all 116 songs printed out for fast looking it up, and then also a thumb drive or a flash drive that I can plug into the computer so that I can be the one to email out to grannies. This is the current version. When we have a granny gig coming up, uh, when we you know, have established the list of songs that we are going to sing, then I can send out what are the current words to that song. And there's another woman, Paula, who is also participates in that job and helps with that job because the librarian job really can be a little bit time-consuming for the grannies because we do keep making improvements on our songs. How many grannies are we talking about? I'm, I guess I haven't asked that. You know, I wish we had an actual official count. I think um, at one point <laughs> we, we have an email list, and that's how we communicate, a, a Google group, and I think there's about 50 names on it. I Think of active people who come, we practice twice a month, and people who are, are pretty active and come to a lot of the gigs, that's probably about 25, maybe 30. And we have grannies who go south for the winter and then, you know, come back and sing with us in the summer. We have grannies that at different periods of their lives are become active and inactive and then active again. And Bonnie, what role do you play? So Rebecca is co-librarian, amongst other things. What role do you play in the organization? I, I, we have some rotating jobs. One of them is being the convener of a specific gig or invitation to sing. And that person sort of works with the group that we're going to sing for and the logistics of it and choosing the songs. We also have found that we need a facilitator for our regular practices because they're partly practice and partly sort of sorting out which words we're going to use to which song. And so I sometimes facilitate a our, our practices or take notes. We, we sort of have those four jobs or five jobs, actually, I guess, facilitator, convener, note taker, director, and librarian. And we, except for the librarians and the director, the other jobs sort of rotate and people volunteer to do them. And you, Barb, 
one of the roles that I know that you hold is that you're married to Bob, and he's a pillar of WIDE Radio, and I want to say hi to everyone down there at WIDE. Thanks for plugging it. (laughs) You've got this connection to the center of the universe there, I think, for Madison. What's your role besides an adjunct to Bob? (laughs) Well, when I'm there, I direct. I don't direct at the farmer's market. I train one of our, we have these granny retreats, and in one one retreat, I... I conducted uh, Conducting 101 and tried to teach some other grannies to also conduct so other people can do that too. So I tend to avoid some of the roles that Bonnie was talking about because when I'm there, I'm already bossy enough in (laughs) conducting. And Rebecca's role is so important because there's nothing worse to get at getting at a gig as the director and discovering that I have a different version of the song than some of the other rest of the group has. This is not a good feeling. So we do constantly evolve these songs, and her role is just so important. I didn't hear any of you say that you're the writers of the songs. Is there a secret cadre of grannies who get to pen these songs, or is this any day it could be anyone? That's right. Any day it could be anyone who gets the inspiration. But one of the things that pretty much is understood among the grannies is once a granny has written words to a song and then gives it to the group, she really needs to be able to let the group make changes because that's going to happen. And so one of the kind of the ethics within our group is that we really want what is best for the group. We are strong, strong, opinionated women, but I think we do share that feeling that we want what's best for the group, and we want the group to work to make a song better, even though sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, that song was my baby, and you're making changes in it. (laughs) Group editing is interesting process, and what we'll often try to do, because group editing can be kind of awkward, is if it's clear that a song needs some work, After giving some ideas to the people who are doing the writing, we say, you know, go off and work on this and bring it back to the group because otherwise it can get pretty cumbersome. But everybody has an opinion and everybody states their opinion with no problems. We have four or five women who are really creative in terms of of lyrics to songs. And then also we can pick up songs from other granny groups and use them if they are appropriate to our situation. There's a national or international website, and songs get on that. Often we have to modify them to meet our own needs, though. And one of the songs adapted well to some areas of the country, maybe less relevant in other states, is the Uterus song, recorded also at this year's Fighting Bob Fest. Here are the Raging Grannies doing their thing on stage at the Fighting Bob Fest. Planned Parenthood 
and the uterus song may be a song that is, as I said, maybe better suited to Raging Grannies groups in Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida. I guess they don't have the same problem with words like uterus and vagina out in California. Yeah, but those songs came from both Congress and the legislature in Wisconsin, really passing some bills that were quite clearly anti-women. That's where those songs came from, that there is this this sort of what I call, and many others call, a war against women. That's why we have those songs. And I think the whole gun issue, you know, we have four or five songs on that topic because that really is a big concern. We, in effect, do kind of have a war at home. And it's not too surprising because militarism tends to trickle down. You know, we take violence abroad, and the soldiers coming back often have PTSD and have drug, alcohol, and violence problems. And then that filters down to our police being militarized with all kinds of assault weapons and armored personnel carriers. And then finally individuals are afraid and arm themselves. And you have the NRA pushing that because gun manufacturers make lots of money. So it's everything is connected. All of these issues of violence are connected and different points, you know, they're at the top of the agenda for the public debate, but they need to be addressed. I just want to say that I appreciate so much both the humor, I appreciate song. There's a reason why I do a program called Song of the Soul. It's so closely connected to my own sense of awe and wonder in the universe to sing and in a sense of building community. So I'm thankful for all three of you, Rebecca, Bonnie, and Barb, for your role that you play as part of the Madison Grannies, but as part of a nationwide and maybe it's international work of the Grannies. So thank you for doing that work, lifting up your voice for people peace and justice and care for this world. And thank you for joining me for Spirit in Action. Thank you, Mark. And we're going to hope for a raging granny group up in that part of the state. Thanks so much to all three of you. 
That was Rebecca Alwyn, Bonnie Block, and Barbara Park of the Madison Chapter of the Raging Grannies. And we'll finish off today's Spirit in Action show with one more of the group's songs, the Grannies' Song of Solidarity. See you next week for Spirit in Action. Theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice.